Back in the 80s, Australia suddenly became trendy. Neighbours home and away, Nick Cave, men at work, in excess, crowded house, mental as anything, SEDC, Kelly and Jason, all did their bit to make that so. And for me, an Australian girlfriend, who insisted I dressed in bright coloured summer boardies and t-shirts rather than my usual black, that wasn't going to last long, almost persuaded me to go live there. Today I give my experience of a song and an album that confronted colonialism and racism across the world by highlighting an unprovoked and genocidal war in a place that soap operas were selling as benign and airbrushed out of history a culture and a war that was part of the very soil of that place. Coming up, my take on a song that was in my mind a reply to David Bowie's 1983 single, Let's Dance. Ungagged is on Twitter at underscore ungagged, Facebook, Instagram and leftungagged.org. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify and YouTube. Be part of the Left Ungagged. Help us fight back against a media dominated by Murdoch, Paul Taker and the right-wing, mysteriously highly funded spectator and right-wing think tanks of Tufton Street. Every small donation goes to helping us with our podcasting, website and campaigns. We're on Ko-fi and PayPal. The links are on our Twitter X profile and on our website. I don't know what prompted me to do so. Probably just a want to understand the place I was in. But in the early 1980s, I subscribed to the New Internationalist magazine. Along with Blitz, The Face, NME, Sounds, Hot Press, Granta and other magazines, the New Internationalist helped educate me about the world outside the insular troubled part of Ireland I lived in. Music magazines and telly were my education after I left school. Somewhere in the New Internationalist's pages, I saw an advert from the UN promoting a report on Ireland, both north and south. They would send it if I sent my address and a first-class stamp. That report helped me form probably a more rounded view of where I was from, but also enclosed in the package was a report on Australia, a place I knew little about other than the colonial nonsense taught to me in primary school. At a decent but man of empire teacher who had made the empire seem exciting. And and my eyes were open to the plight of the first peoples of that place. In 1987, a song was catapulted up the charts that made me sit up and listen on two counts. The sound, the driving beat that reflected the journey the lyrics took around the strange, to my ear, place names of the northern territories of Australia, A song with production values that were fantastic but with punk urgency. And those lyrics, simple but driving home the message of change in a way the special aka Free Nelson Mandela, Peter Gabriel's Biko and the Fun Boy 3, The More That I See, had. Midnight Oil gave an honest account of a racism as a child I had known little if nothing about. Australia was this white surfer's paradise where work was easily had and sunshine helped kids grow up tall, fit and happy. 
This idealised image of Australia tempted friends and members of my family over, though even at that time it was a ticket that could mean you were lost forever to those you left behind. An exotic yet familiar place. A former colony that seemed that it, that had no colonised peoples to fight their oppressors. My Australian girlfriend also painted this picture but spoke about lazy and drunken abos who didn't want to work. In Ireland I was used to hearing lovely people saying unreasonable things but as a young adult they never didn't stick in my craw. There was, I knew from that UN report, a very different story. A story of peoples who were driven from the lands they'd lived on for millennia, hunted down and treated as a nuisance to be killed. People driven to live in the most inhospitable parts of the huge country. Their numbers decimated, their children stolen and resettled with white families. A cultural and physical genocide that white Australia covered up. A war waged by settlers in order to eradicate the true owners of land that was stolen from them and poisoned by exploitation. Peter Garrett and his band Midnight Oil toured the sparsely populated Australian Western Desert in 1986 alongside locals, the Warumpi Band, on a tour called Blackfella Whitefella. Seeing at first hand the dreadful conditions Native Australians were living in, pushed to the very edges of existence, the First Nations peoples had been forced into reserves where every aspect of their lives was controlled. State-sanctioned forced sterilisation of women, state-sponsored kidnapping of their children who were then given to white families as a way to eradicate their culture and because of the awful impact of this cultural genocide and governmental neglect living standards and and health in these communities were really dreadful the further into the tour the oils got the more their new and yet unrecorded song beds are burning metamorphosized as the band realized they were just another white settler rock band to these abused peoples Place names, references to holding racks, cockatoos flying off as they drove past, and bloodwood trees gave the song its place. Garrett and the band wanted their land's rights song to be Australian, highlighting an Australian racist problem. Though to me, because of the two UN reports I'd read, this treatment of native people intertwined with my knowledge of what had happened over the centuries in Ireland. The song was a universal cry for the rights of colonised people across the world throughout history really it belongs to them let's give it back are words that could have been written about poor people evicted from their houses by the British landowners in Ireland as their food crops failed or Scotland as powerless people were cleared so British lairds could profit from sheep or Native Americans treated as a nuisance and murdered and cleared so their land could be auctioned and given away to white Europeans or Palestinians denied nationhood, regardless of the world demanding it, walled in and systematically cleared and murdered for their olive groves. The place names in the song are Australian, but the cruelty and inhumanity that it is about is recognisable the world over.
What a song. Everything is in this song. A driving beat, a brass section, a thumping bass, jangly guitars, an urgent punk voice. When I first heard this song, I knew this was a reply to Bowie and his Let's Dance video. Bowie has said in the past that the Let's Dance part of his song was always an ironic line that it was in there, highlighting the inequality he saw in Australia. How can we dance when our earth is turning? How can we sleep when our beds are burning? Bowie's song highlights dishonesty. Midnight Oil song pulls that dishonesty out into the light and as a solution song. It says that the time has come to say fair's fair, to hold up our hands and say we did this. Keys, as they say in Glasgow. We need to fix it. To pay the rent, we need to acknowledge and more to pay our share. The song's message resonated with many Australians and it became a symbol of the struggle for Indigenous rights and recognition and was one of the precursors to real change for the First Peoples of Australia. In 2000, the Oils were invited to sing at the Sydney Olympic ceremony. They were instructed not to be political with the eyes of the world on them. But how could a band founded on and had politics and the fight for equality running through their veins, how could they perform on a world stage without singing their anthem without comment? The Australian Prime Minister John Howard had just a few weeks before refused to make an apology on behalf of the Australian people for what had been done to First Nations peoples. The oils strode out on the stage dressed in black with the word sorry prominently printed across their backs, legs and chests and on the 13th of February 2008 Prime Minister Kevin Rudd made an, a formal apology to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, particularly to the stolen generations whose lives had been blighted by past government policies of forced child removal and assimilation, while Peter Garrett looked on as a government minister, putting his politics into action. Beds Are Burning is a powerful and totally timeless anthem that continues to inspire and challenge people today. Its political message is as relevant as ever in this world of war, land appropriation, misappropriation and exploitation. And its impact on Australian music and culture really cannot be overstated. If you want to know more about this song and the oils, please watch Peter Garrett, Midnight Oil Frontman on Music and Politics on YouTube. I'll post a link on the podcast description and on the description of our YouTube version of this. And please look up the Professor of Rock's take. If you like pop and rock music from the 60s through to the 90s, you'll like his channel. And if it's available where you are, look out for the superb, though harrowing documentary, The Australian Wars that goes into the history of what First Peoples call the invasion and resulting war and subsequent attempted cultural and physical genocide. It's on the BBC iPlayer. Let me know what you think of this fantastic piece of political protest and incredible song on Twitter, Facebook or YouTube. 
Links are in the description. Please subscribe to our podcasts. OnGag publish a spectrum of progressive podcasts and writing on leftongag.org. And please click the bell on, on YouTube. Speak soon. 